Amen. Anybody loves God's word? Yeah, four of us. I'm glad to hear that today. Um, can I preach for a second? <laughs> I guess no. Um, I got the mic, though, so guys, just don't unmute me yet. Um, I, you know, and, and I want to talk for just a, a second in light of the things that have happened in the past few weeks um, through our nation with what happened in Parkland, Florida, and um, even in our hometown here at Defiance. And um, first, I want to say, um, get to know the whole story before you post on social media what you think has happened. Um, and I also want to say this to the people who think that God isn't in our schools, because he is. I don't know if you know this, but when, you know, our students who go to Family Christian Center and other churches, God lives inside of them. And, and, and God doesn't get to the place where he sees defiance middle school doors and he goes, oh, I'm not allowed here. I'm going to leave this student now. God is still with that student. And he's, and he's with them, and he is, he is still their refuge while they're at school. He is still their fortress while they're at school. He is, he is still that God. And so I, what do I want to say in light of everything that's happened? I know there's fear that arises in us and all that stuff, but it is our job, the church's job, to train up children in the way that they should go so when they enter the school, they have God still with them, and he doesn't leave them when they enter that place. And so my encouragement to you, church, is this is please, please, please understand, God is not stopped by the walls of a church or by the walls of a building. He is not stopped by anything like that. God is with us. God lives inside of us. His Holy Spirit is inside of us. So I encourage you to tell your students, to talk to your students about the things that are going on in this right now, but then to also encourage them to pray for their school while they're at school, to be bold, to be a light in the darkness. And another great thing is we have students, or we have teachers as well, who are believers in Jesus. God is still with those people just as well. So I, I encourage you, God is, God is doing something great in our schools, and God is going to continue to do something great in our schools and in this nation. What we need is we need us as a church to be a light in the darkness, and I hope that you're not afraid to be a light in the darkness. Um, that has nothing to do with my teaching today. I just wanted to share that with you. Um, after his heart after his heart. When I think about my life and when I'm done and passed away and all that stuff, I want to be known as David. David was known as a man after God's own heart. Scripture talks about him thousands of years later, how he was a man after God's own heart. And just this past week, I, we were here, I was here at the church for a funeral, and uh, you know, great stuff was said, was said about Shirley, and it was just amazing. She was such a wonderful woman. And I, think, I thought to myself while this was going on, though, I was like, if there's one thing that I want my family, my, you know, my youth kids, my church, I want, what I just want people to know is that I am a man after God's heart. Not that I was an extrovert, not that I was a good youth pastor, not that I loved teenagers when they didn't deserve love, not that I, you know, got all crazy in worship and all that stuff. I wanted to be known, I want to be known as a man after God's own heart. And I hope that's the same for you, church. I hope that you say, I want to be known as a person that was after his heart, that was after his heart and wanted nothing more than him. And so um, that's, that's where I really hope that we today would, would go, is that we'd understand that today's teaching is a step for us of how we can then become a little bit closer to that, known as that person who is a person after God's own heart. Now, 
Um, I know you guys have heard this story, and I'm not going to share this story. Um, I am a, I'm, I'm just a killer at the whole romantic thing. Um, I just, I, I like when I, I'm like Sammy Sosa, I just hit it out the park, you know. Um, <laughs> it's for you, for those of you who don't know, um, my, when I asked my wife to marry me, I burnt the, I caught a bridge on fire. It was great fun. Um, and then, but I want to share another story of how good I am at this stuff. So as um, most of you know, my wife is Ashley. She, um, when we, we started dating in high school, well, for I don't know how long. We, I wanted to date her for a long time, but she, her dad just didn't like, a, like anybody dating her. So I, so I had the bold idea to, to ask her dad if I could go out with her. And um, I got rejected twice by her dad. Her dad told me no straight to my face twice. Actually, not straight to my face because it was on the phone, but it felt like it was straight to my face. Um, <laughs> But I was happy that I just at least asked him. And, um, and so anyways, after the second time, I just decided to date her. And um, I just didn't listen. I don't know if that was a smart idea. Um, but anyways, our first date. Um, how many of you guys remember your first date with your spouse? You guys remember your first date with your spouse? Yeah, I nailed this one too, guys. Um, this was before the day and age of smartphones and where you could look up, you know, a restaurant online and you could see how many stars it had and all that stuff. And you could, the, line, the you know, list goes on and on and on. And so um, for first day, I decided to take Ashley to Toledo Zoo. We'd have fun at the zoo and, and kind of just, you know, go up there. And then, then afterwards, she wanted to go to a Japanese steakhouse, you know, one of the ones where they cook in front of you and all that stuff. Well, um, like that, this was before the day and age of smartphones and just being able to, you know, say, hey, Siri, can you find me the nearest, you know, Japanese steakhouse? Um, it was before that day and age. And so I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be like, this is going to be really cool. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get us a reservation in a Japanese steakhouse. So I, I searched online, dial up, you know, and it took probably like 24 hours for me to finally figure out a Japanese steakhouse in Toledo. And I found one and I call up and I'm like, hey, do you guys have, you know, the people that cook in front of you? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, sorry if that was rude. Um, but so, uh, <laughs> and so I was like, all right, we're going to be here at this time. So I, 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 I set a reservation, all that stuff. We go to the zoo. We have a great time at the zoo. We show up to the restaurant, and the parking lot is empty. I'm like, hmm, this is weird. We walk into the restaurant. There's nobody in the restaurant. And I'm like, okay, what's going on in this restaurant? That there is nobody in here. That it was completely empty. And then finally, like, probably after like a minute of us being there, somebody walks out and is like, I was, and it was just, I was probably like, I don't know, 16, 17 years old. And I was like, I have a reservation. Like it mattered. The, the restaurant was empty. <laughs> I was like, I had a reservation for six o'clock. And, but the restaurant was empty. And we walk in and um, I was like, you know, we wanted to sit here. And anyways, they never cooked in front of us. The whole time we were at the restaurant, it was completely empty. And um, I felt like such a loser. And um, thankfully, she's still like that. Maybe she just thought I was really funny. I think, you know, I, I kind of joke with her. I'm like, I just rented the whole place out for you. I never told you, but I just rented the whole restaurant out for you. And um, that's why nobody else was here. And they forgot to tell the person who was going to cook in front of us to cook in front of us. That never happened either. Um, I tell you what, though, like thinking about it, going after, sometimes when we go after people's hearts, we, we go to great lengths. I mean, for some of you guys probably have some funny stories as well where you were dating and you were, you know, seeing that somebody and you went to some pretty great lengths to try to get them to know that they love, so, so that they wouldn't um, see that you love them and you cared for them. And um, sometimes we fall a little short. And um, I want to ask you today, and the question I want us to think about today is how far 
will you go? What length will you go to, to the fact that you would, you would be known as a person after God's own heart? God, I thank you for this day. Would you open our hearts? Would you make us more like you? We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. And God, I pray that you would show us your word today. To show us more of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to go to 2 Samuel in, in chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 13. Um, this whole story is about David, where David dances before the Lord, where he gets in front of God. And the, the, basically what happens here is there's this thing called the Ark of the Covenant, or the Ark of God, or the Ark of the Lord. I think in this translation it says Ark of the Lord. The Ark of the Lord, what it was, is it was basically a box that was carried um, places, carry different places, but it, but it contained a lot of different things. Sometimes it would, you know, like that, it contained scripture in it, and it, and it also, though, contained this, you know, that's where the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God was in the ark of the Lord, the ark of the Lord. So, so the presence of God was there. Wherever the ark went, that's where the presence of God was, and it spent its time in the, in the Holy of Holies. It spent its time in the temple a lot of times, but this was in a moment where it was moving from one place to another, and just to show the pureness and the holiness of God, there's this, just before this, there's a, there's a part of this where Uzzah, a guy by the name of Uzzah, what a beautiful name, um, you're named Uzzah. But anyways, um, he was named Uzzah, and he reached out, to, he thought that the ark was going to fall, he reached out to touch it, and he touched the ark of God, and instantly he was killed. And we go, well, geez, that's kind of weird. But it was just a show of how pure and how holy God was. And, and there's many times where you look in the Old Testament where people would walk into the temple where the presence of God was. And because God is so holy and so pure and all that stuff, they would enter in as dirty people, as sinners. And when they would enter into his presence, they would die because of how pure and holy God was. And so this whole, this, this is what's happening. The ark is being transplanted, or it's going from one house, then now it's going to be in the care of David. And David is the king, and David is excited. I mean, beyond excited. Let's, let's start reading here in verse 13. After the men who were carrying the ark of the, of the Lord had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a, fat, and a fattened calf. And David danced before the Lord with all of his might, wearing a priestly garment, or other translations say an ephod. So David... And all the people of Israel brought the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and blowing of, tr of ram's horns. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, who was also, Michael was also the wife of David, um, his first wife, said, look, look down from her window. When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. This was just basically, she was not happy with how David responded to the ark of the Lord being here. And I want to, and um, David was just, he was getting down. He was getting down with some bad stuff, you know. Um, I, I saw a video the other day of somebody, um, I'm not sure if she's here right now, but in the car, man, she was getting down to some music. And, um, you know, she, um, but David was, was getting down. He was, he was praising God, and he just didn't care what people thought. Now let's jump down to verse 20. It says, when David returned home to bless his own family, Michael, the, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust, how distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. David retorted to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrate before the Lord. 
yes, I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. Hmm. What a story here. You have a man who, who's the king, king of, king of Israel, and he, he is the king, and he is held in high regard, doesn't care what people think, only is going to worship God because he's the one who's appointed him. He's, he's the one who's put, put him where he's at, and he is just excited about God. He's excited about the presence of God, and he's willing to get down to his ephod, which was not what a king should be wearing at that moment, but get down. Some people say it was his underwear. Dude was in his underwear, screaming and yelling, worshiping Jesus because God was in that place. God was, presence was there, and he didn't care what the world thought. And so today, what I want to talk about, I want to talk about, the, I'm going to talk about four things that stop us. Four things that stop us from worshiping God like David worshiped God in, this, in that moment. And I get it. You're like, Sean, I'm just not an extrovert. You don't have to be an extrovert to worship God like he deserves. Amen. You, don't have to, you don't have to be some, you know, you're like, Sean, but I'm not a good dancer. Hello, there's not a lot of good dancers in this church. Just get down. Who cares? <laughs> but we... We need to understand how awesome and how great our God is and give him the praise he deserves. And I want to say that again, give him the praise he deserves because he deserves our praise, what he has done for us. You know, we, we sang that song, Reckless Love, and I love that song. It's so amazing, you know, the words to that song. And, and it's like that song gets me going. I was just so pumped when I heard that song this morning. I was ready, and I was back to worshiping. I don't know if anybody saw him, but I was back to worshiping, and, and it was just like— um, I was just, I was ready to go. I was ready to go. But I want to say this. This week has been really hard for me when it comes to this teaching because um, like that, getting outside of my comfort zone, maybe worshiping God like this where David gets down in his underwear and he's dancing around before the Lord is not like, let me say this, please don't do that today, okay? Um, nobody get down to your underwear and start dancing. That'd be weird. We will call the cops. Um, but, but, um, Chuck, don't even go there. <laughs> don't even go there, man. Oh, man, we might need to stop for a second. Um, but, but for me, this is hard, too, because I like staying in my comfort zone. And, and you know what? That'll be our first one. Let's go to our first point. Our first point, our first thing that we like to, that we like to, uh, what stops us from, Worshiping God like he deserves is, is this, is this box. We're going to call this box comfort. And maybe comfort for us is this. Maybe comfort for some of us is, and like this is where we stay at, you know. And then for other people, you know, maybe it's waving the flag. And you get down like that. Maybe for some people it's just sitting there with your eyes closed and maybe, you're, maybe, you're, or maybe it's, you're, some of your comfort's like this. All I want to say is, is I don't want you to like, I'm not, I'm not telling everybody today that I want you to end up over here where you're the person that's like, you know, the video that we saw at the beginning. I don't want you, you know, I'm not saying that you have to be that person crazy dancing and all that stuff. All I'm asking you to do is just step out just a little bit. 
Step out of your comfort zone. Give God what he deserves. God deserves, you know, if we talk about just the simple fact of God has given us everything, God has sacrificed his best for us, the least we could do is sacrifice a little bit for him and step outside of this box to right here and just give him a little bit more worship because he deserves it, because he's so good. But we stay right here in our comfort zone. But we don't know what could be right here. You could be right here and worship God right here outside of your comfort box where you are comfortable at. And when you get right here, it might be a whole new world of God showing some major blessings to you if you would just step outside your comfort zone. I think that we stay right here and we could completely miss something God wants to do to us right here. But we are really comfortable right here. And we think about what people might think of us. We, we think about our own self. What if I start sweating? Did I put deodorant on today? All these questions flood through our minds. And you know what? Do I got some sweat stains underneath there? All these things go through our mind. And we go, I can't step out of here to get right here. But if you get right here, there might be some major breakthroughs that God wants to do in your life. Amen. And so all we have to do, you know what? Some of you just maybe have to do this. Just take one foot out. And maybe that means one hand raised in worship. Maybe that, means, that, maybe that means on Monday, tomorrow, while you're getting ready, while you're getting your kids ready for school and all that stuff, you're playing some worship music, and you just start swaying a little bit. And you start singing this a little bit louder about how good God is. Staying, staying right here could be robbing you of some major blessings that God wants to pour into your lives. I believe through worship, God, we connect to God's heart, and there is just some kind of, you know, for me, I love worship. I don't know about you, I just, I just love worship. And I'm not just talking about, you know, Sunday morning worship. I just love worshiping God. Like, I can put on some music in the car and worship God just as well as I do on Sunday mornings and on Wednesday nights and all that stuff. But sometimes I just got to get out of here. Because when I get out here, I find freedom. When I get outside of here, I find, some, I find the presence of God. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So I want to encourage you. This is comfortable. This is easy. This is maybe where you're at right now. You know, and, and maybe this is where God is calling you to be. And, and, I, and I think to myself, you know, for me, you know, I like, I like being right here. And I, and, you know, some of you guys are like, well, Sean, you're already pretty crazy. I know. But... I think God wants me out here sometimes when it comes to worship. And sometimes I don't go out here because I'm afraid of what others will think, and I'm afraid I'm just comfortable right there. Like, I've, you know, I think about my, my friend Jordan who was here, Jordan Schufel, who used to play acoustic and would lead, and I would hear, he would tell me about how people were like, oh, I love how you worship, Jordan. You're fun to watch worship and all that stuff. Like, what's stopping you from worshiping like that? Maybe it's just because you're not comfortable, you know, and like that. My comfort zone is, is like I sometimes yell, I sometimes I raise my hands, and I'll sing really loud and all that stuff. But you know what's really uncomfortable for me? Like jumping up and down. We go to Believe every year, like just last weekend we were at Believe, and they're like having everybody jump around. I'm like, man, they don't want to see me jump around. Like things bounce when I jump, you know. Um, but <laughs> enough of that. Um, but guys, I, I encourage you. Your comfort zone is sometimes in your box. Your box is like staying inside your box. But God's, I think, just asking us to go out a little bit more. David went out completely, and he completely just everything before the Lord, laid everything down before the Lord and worshiped God like he saw fit. And I want to encourage you to just step outside your box a little bit and see how God might use you and how God might really throw out some blessings on your life just because you simply stepped outside your comfort zone. The second thing that I think that really, really stops us from worshiping God like we should is our position. We feel like we're in a certain position. Maybe, you're a, maybe you own a business, 
Maybe you work at GM, maybe you work at Manville, maybe you work at a school or you're a student in the room, you're, you're a middle school or high school student in this room. Wherever you're at, one of the biggest things is when, as we have a position, we know that people are always looking at us. So maybe your position is a student, and you're saying, Sean, I don't want to, like, raise my hands and start, like, dancing before the Lord or anything like that because so-and-so in my class is here. And, like, what if they see me? You know, I remember um, there was this, like, weird thing where I would, I would invite somebody to church, and I'd invite one of my friends to church. They'd come to church, but then, like, when they'd come to church, I wouldn't worship God like I was worshiping God because I was afraid of what that friend was th- would think of me. And so um, sometimes our position, something like that, maybe you're a teacher in the room or something like that, and, so, and you're afraid, like, well, what if one of my parents, you know, one of, what if one of the parents see me worshiping God, or what if blah, 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 blah. Our position so often puts us in a place where we feel like we can't worship God. And I think like that. The great thing is the story is in 2 Samuel 6.22, David says this, and I want to read this one more time. It says, yes, I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. This is a king, a king saying this. He says, I'm willing to look crazier than this, Michael. You thought, you thought that was big? <laughs> He's like, I, I almost said something. I almost said like the, hold my beer, watch this. Um, but that's, um, <laughs> maybe it's like, hold my priestly garments. There you go, I don't know. Um, but David's just like, no. I'm willing to look crazier than this. Like, you thought that was crazy. Like, this is like that. Once again, this is the king. This is like, imagine President Donald Trump. Like, all of a sudden, get, maybe, don't, once again, don't, don't visualize this. This is a bad idea. I don't know why I keep saying think about this, because it's not a good idea. But just imagine him going down Washington, D.C., walking out the White House. So what if he walks out the White House, and he's worshiping God one day in his underwear? You're like, oh, my gosh. Like, what kind of president do we have? America would be so embarrassed. I mean, there would be, oh, it would be all over media. Media would go crazy about this if this happened, right? If the president of the United States was worshiping God out, out in, front, in the front lawn in the White House, and, like, imagine the pictures and the stuff you would find on social media. The world would laugh at America because he's at such a high position. And so we sometimes in our position, we think to ourselves, there's no way I'm going to be, why would I be more foolish? Listen, if we can't be foolish here from 9 to 10, 15, or 11 to 12, 15, whatever, if we can't be foolish here on Sunday mornings, there's no way we're going to act foolish for God out there. You know, everybody wants to be, no, no one wants to go noticed by God when it comes to maybe church and worship on a Sunday morning. But when, but when the crap hits the fan in life, we, we all of a sudden go, God, notice me. God, notice me. Hurry, notice me. God, notice me. Notice me. I'm going through this crazy stuff. Will you please notice me? And God's like, and I, I'm not saying that God is like, well, you, because you didn't worship me this way on, you know, uh, February 20, what is today, the 25th or something like that, because you didn't worship me like, a, you know, I deserve on the 25th. I'm not going to answer your prayers. I'm not saying that. But maybe, like that, maybe, maybe because you, your position, where you're at, you're too nervous, and God, God just wants to do something great in your life. And so sometimes our position holds us back. You know, there's a place like that. There's a place sometimes where we, we tend to forget our position. And, um, and it's sometimes in our car. How many of you guys would be true, be honest, and say sometimes you, you start singing in the car? Where are my singers at in the car? Yeah? Where are my dancers in the car? Who starts dancing in the car? Come on. Right? We were on our way down to Believe, and there was this guy who was, we were on 75, we were getting close to Cincinnati, 
and there was this dude in the car, and he's going, he's just going to town, man. He's, he's like got his one hand, he's got one hand in the steering wheel, and the other hand, he's just going, he's going. So all the girls in my van, like we're driving right along, this dude, they all just start going. <laughs> and they start going in with him, and he, lo- and he looks over, and he just smiles. He just starts laughing. And it's like, in that moment, he f- completely forgot that there were people watching, possibly. And he, and he lost himself. We've all been there where, where you know, we, we start singing. We start getting to our song. Our favorite song comes on the radio. And we're just like, uh-huh, get it, yeah. And, um, and we, just, we just have fun worshiping, maybe. Or maybe it's, maybe it's singing, whatever. Who knows what it might be. But we completely forget where we're at. And I, and I hope that our position doesn't get us to that place where we completely feel like we can't worship God like he deserves. And so I, I, that's, just, that's my second one. Third one, third place is something else has our hearts. Something else has our hearts. It, and sometimes it's like that. Sometimes maybe it's, uh, maybe it's our cell phone. Maybe it's um, Fortnite. Some of your parents have no idea what Fortnite is. Um, teenagers, where are you at? How many of you guys know what Fortnite is? Um, some of you kids, come on. Um, some of you guys are like, I have no idea. It's a, it's a video game where we're at Believe, and if I'd have let my boys, I think they would have played it all night long, and they would not have gone to sleep at all. Um, but it's just another video game. Sometimes it's like that. Video games have our heart. Sometimes Netflix has our heart. Sometimes food has our heart. Sometimes money has our heart. There's just a long list of things that have our hearts. But when something else has our heart, means something else is lacking. means that something else doesn't have our heart. And so if it's money, you know, actually let's go to the scripture in Matthew 6. Jesus talks about this, and, and he says this. He says, no one can serve two masters. Let me read that one more time, because I got one amen. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That was good. That was good, y'all. You just said amen. Um, You know, for myself, one of the things that I, I tend to struggle with at times is I tend to struggle with um, media, just media in general, whether it be Netflix or um, football when it's on TV, like um, I could watch, I could seriously sit down probably from, like if football started at 8 a.m. and went till 8 p.m., I could go. Like, you put on some football, I'm good to go. And, um, you know, I, I'll even catch myself sometimes, like I, I, I binge watched a, a TV show. Um, how, many, how many bingers we got in the house? Um, yeah, come on now. Um, I binge watched Stranger, Stranger Things. Um, and my wife was like, <laughs> it's really funny, my wife was like, congratulations, Sean, it's your first show you binge-watched. I'm like, I didn't know there was like an award for this. Um, but, uh, but anyways, something, you, something else has our hearts at times. Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it is our iPads or iPods or whatever. But something else has your heart. What has your heart today, church? And, and hopefully we can say that God is the one who has our hearts. That God has our hearts and, and that our hearts are solely devoted to him. Not devoted to any other thing, person, place, anything like that. But our hearts completely and solely are just to him. And I hope and pray that's, that's where we're at. Is that we're not serving two masters. 
Because if we serve one master and we're completely devoted to that one master and we realize that one master is still in the highest position of all, that he is still the king of kings and the Lord of lords, that if we're devoted to that one and we know that he died on the cross for our sins and that gave us life again, if we see that, we'll worship him like he deserves. The last one, number four, is we have lost our sense of all. I want to share this quick story with you. As most of you guys know, or maybe you don't know, you can feel sorry for me at this moment in time. I am a Browns fan. Um, the great thing is, is we haven't lost yet this year. Um, now, great thing is, is the season really hasn't started yet. So, uh, so that's a good note. But um, one year, my wife and I went to see the Browns and the Steelers play. And um, I know, dumb idea, because the Browns haven't beat the Steelers in like probably 20 years, it feels like. But anyways... On our way down to the stadium, we stayed, we stayed downtown and opened the elevator doors and there's a Browns football player that standing in the elevator. His name was Joe Jerevicious. And um, I know some of you guys are like, who is that? He was, let's just say this, he was a white guy and he was a receiver. He was okay. Um, but um, he was standing there and as I walked in, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Joe Jerevicious. I was like, no way. And um, so we get in, and he's like, where are you guys going? And I said, we're just going down to the ground level. He's like, okay. So he presses the button. And, I was, so, and just the night before, there was a Buckeyes game. So I was sitting there talking about the Buckeyes, and, and they played the Michigan and that team up north, you know, and they beat them again. Surprise, surprise. Um, but anyways, they, they, um, we're, I was sitting there talking, and my wife is in the elevator. The whole time has no idea who I'm talking to. She seriously thought I was just being normal, Sean, and just talking to random people. And she had no idea that this was an NFL football player. And um, so I was, but anyway, so we, we get down to the ground floor. She walks out, and I'm still just standing there talking. Like, I'm just having a conversation. Things are good with me and Joe. Like, we're becoming best friends all of a sudden. And, uh, and I thought for a second I was going to get sideline passes, y'all. But then my wife's like, Sean, Sean, come on, let's go. I was like, oh, hey, but this is Joe Jarevich. This is, and she's like, oh, hey. What the heck? No, this isn't just, oh, hey. This isn't just, like, wave to him. Like, no, this is a Browns football player. Anyways, um, she had no reason to be in awe of him because she didn't know him, and he was just another person to her. You know, have we lost that sense of awe of God where he's just become, like, something we do on Sunday mornings to where it's like we have lost that, like, first feeling of salvation where God came into our lives and saved us from our sins and gave us heaven for eternity. Have we lost that sense of all in him? You know, there's a scripture in Deuteronomy 10. I want to read this to you. Deuteronomy 10 verse 21. You can just write it down. It says, he alone is your God, the only one who is worthy of your praise, the one who has done these mighty miracles that you have seen with your own eyes. He alone is your God. There's no one else. Like, He's the one who's done these mighty miracles. He's the one who sent Jesus to die on a cross for your sins. Have you lost that sense of all? Have you, there's this wonderful song called Wonder by Bethel, and it's, um, you know, wide-eyed and mystified. May, may we be just like a child, staring at the beauty of our king. 
May we be that kind of person where we stay up at night just thinking about the awesomeness of our God. And since we see the awesomeness of our God, we go, he deserves his praise for a minute. Let me step out my box and let me worship him like he deserves. If that means I got I to at one o'clock in the morning bump some praise and worship music and get down to my kitchen, I'm getting down. Because my God deserves it because he has done some mighty things in my life and he has saved me from death, hell, and the grave. And he's given me eternity in heaven with him. I don't deserve any of this. I don't deserve any of this. So because he's done such amazing miracles, because he is God, I'm going to lay everything down because he deserves it. He deserves it, and he alone deserves it. And uh, here's the chance, though. Here's what we, we have the possibility of missing, church. This is what we have the possibility of missing if we don't worship God and we don't talk about the awesomeness of our God and how great he is. This is what we have an opportunity of missing. Of missing. If you could turn to Judges 2 verse 10 for me on the computer. Um, it says this. This is Joshua. This is right after Joshua dies. And Joshua, um, a whole generation, then this is what happens. It says, after that generation died, so this, the, the generation of Joshua dies away, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. If we stop with the awe and the amazingness, if we stop worshiping God like he deserves, if we, if we maybe even just stop and just do it here, we have a chance, church, to miss a generation where a generation doesn't hear, doesn't acknowledge our Lord, doesn't get to know our Lord because we are too comfortable with standing in our box, our comfort zone, and we're just going to stay right here. But maybe right here, a generation doesn't see how great and how big and how awesome our God is. You know, I, I love the position that I have as a youth pastor because I get to do this. I get to step outside my box and tell people and worship God like he deserves, but then I also get to do it and show teenagers. Because I don't want a generation to miss out on how awesome my God has been to me what he has done for me, and how when I was a seventh grader, when I was alone, when I was feeling abandoned, when I was feeling rejected, my God came into my life at the least expecting time and changed me. And not just changed me for eternity, but changed my life here on this earth. And that God wants to do that today for these teenagers as well. And so if we have lost our all, there's, an op- there's a chance, there's a big chance that just as well for you, that if we don't worship God like David worshiped God, if we don't step outside of our comfort zone and we don't be willing to become foolish before God, that a generation will completely miss out on who God is. God, has God done anything awesome for any people in this room? I hope, my hope and prayer is that you would say, I'm not going to let this next generation miss out on how good and how great my God is. If it means I got to step outside here and I got to worship a little bit crazier, I'm going to do it. If it means that I have to sing a little bit louder, I'm going to sing a little bit louder. If it means I got to lay on my face to worship because I, think, I feel like this is where God wants me, I think he wants me on my face because he's so good, he's so reverent, I'm going to get down on my face and I'm going to worship him that we would have the willingness to do it, that we have the willingness to step outside our comfort zone. Church, why I do it, the main reason why I do it is not just because I think a generation needs it, but because
because God deserves it. As we sang that song, there's no mountain you won't kick down, no no lie you won't tear down. If you're coming after me, there is nothing that God will do to stop from coming after me. My God loves me. My God wants me. My God deserves my praise. And since my God deserves my praise and he loves me so much and he's recklessly chasing after me, I'm going to recklessly chase after him as well because I think when I find him, I find life. So if reckless means I'm going to dance like a fool, I'm going to dance like a fool because I want him. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The thief, though, comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came that you might have life. I'm chasing after him. I'm going to get foolish for him. Because if I get foolish for him, I feel like I'm going to find life. So my, my heart prayer, church, is this. Is that you would take today and you would think about your worship where you're at in your worship, and can you step outside your comfort zone a little bit, and can you maybe worship God? Maybe you've actually had some feelings of, man, I I really like this song. Maybe I should lift my hands here. But you go, ah, what if somebody sees me? Like, I'm going to, you know what? I feel like this is really exciting. I'm going to shout really loud right here, and we go, but what if I squeal? Like, let the pigs come out. Come on. Guys, can we agree on one thing? Can we agree on one thing? Our God deserves it. And I hope that this isn't just a teaching or something that we hear and we go, good idea, Sean. But that we take it and we apply it to our lives on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then on Sunday as well. We come to this place ready to worship God like he deserves because he gave his everything for us, so I'm willing to lay down my everything for him. God, we thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Maybe we're willing to be foolish in your eyes, or in the eyes of the world, to be, um, to be made right in your eyes. We thank you for everything you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is the revered above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Our God deserves to be praised, glorified, lifted up above all else. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering. Come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. Tremble before him all the earth. What has your heart today? What's holding you back from giving God that glory, that glory that he deserves? What's holding you back? Say among the nations, the Lord is king. The Lord is firmly established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth, and he will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. What will you do? 
What length will you go to to be known after one, after God's own heart? To be known after his heart. Church, will you stand and pray with us today? Prayer team, I'd ask that you'd come forward. As that scripture was being read, maybe it sunk into your heart and you knew what was holding you back from giving God that glory. Church, you're not alone. And I ask that you would come forward, step forward in boldness, take that first toe out today of that box. Come up and be prayed for. You can step out of that box and you can begin to give God that praise and watch as God begins to move in your heart and in your life. Church, let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your presence today. We thank you for this word that you have given to us, God. Soften our hearts. Give us that boldness, that courage to take that first step out. Help us to remember how great you are and the praise that you are absolutely deserving of, Lord. And help us to, in boldness, give that to you. And Lord, we just know we'll watch our lives change as we do, Father. We lean on that in your name. Amen. All right, church, you are dismissed. Have a good Sunday.